Welcome to Adventures in Beer Selling, an interactive store time paired with your beverage of choice. Welcome to Adventures in Beer Selling. Cheers. Out of respect for the content today, I'll be sipping a little bourbon. This is Walking Stick. Excellent, 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 excellent stuff. So, I am a big fan of TV, and I have my set group of shows that I like. And the most recent set of series that I finished is a popular one called Yellowstone. So I finished every episode of Yellowstone. I've also finished 1883 and 1923. So uh, prepare yourself for spoilers if you don't want them. It'd be a good time to click off and check out some other videos about beer or about, you know, anything else, Game of Thrones, all kinds of good stuff. But if you don't care about spoilers or if you've already seen it, Listen to this. Do you guys remember this scene from 1883? What's the valley called? I don't know the word in your language, but it's, uh, when you die, you, uh, you go there. Paradise. Yes. Paradise, yeah. But you know this. And in seven generations, my people will rise up and take it back from you. In seven generations, you can have it. Hmm. This scene probably stuck out to a lot of people because the recurring theme in the show Yellowstone is how important the land is and trying to keep people from taking it and that people would consistently want to take the land um one thing i'll point out and you know taylor sheridan is a texan uh through and through uh you know he owns part of a ranch this is a common theme amongst um anybody that owns land my family has some land that goes back a few generations um on my mom's side and um Obviously, not the drama of Yellowstone. However, Taylor Sheridan, give me a call. I've got a show for you. But there is a consistent theme of people trying to take the land, um, especially for African Americans. Uh, as we've seen, there's always people that are trying to find ways to rip the land from the family. In other cases, um, in my family's case, the land proves to be valuable to other entities, and especially in the time frame of my grandpa and, and his generation, and in my, my mom's generation, um, there were ways that people would go around the law uh, to basically screw black folks out of their land. And with the threat of death, with the threat, uh, threat of harassment, um, 
and you know the Ku Klux Klan and such, there has been um, a lot of people that have been disinherited from the land. I know I'm getting off on this rant, but it's Black History Month, so shut up and listen to it. Um, one one um, story that I remember from my college days was about the Houston family. They were um, their ancestors had been slaves to Sam Houston. Sam Houston was the uh, president of Texas as a country and the governor of Texas, a very uh, famous and historic figure in the state of Texas. That family was run, you know, they were freed. The original patriarch of that family, he kind of, he made his own way. Uh, He became a blacksmith, made money. He was able to elevate that family after slavery to be self-sufficient and create some generational wealth and the citizens of the surrounding community ran that family out of Huntsville. Um, I've got bits and pieces of the story, but that's basically because he owned so many different things in the community that the powers that be, we're talking about the Jim Crow South, they couldn't stand it. They ran him out. So, that was one reason why Yellowstone really resonated with me was their consistent battle with all these different forces on trying to uh, take away their land and their livelihood while also trying to, um, you know, whatever the new scheme is, um, build a casino, build a hotel, a resort, um, split the land up, whatever they wanted to do. There's always these different forces so it really resonated with me because this is a recurring theme for anybody that owns property, anybody that owns anything. Um, it's always somebody that's there to take it. And with 1883 and 1923, this theme is recurring. However, in 1883, what makes it different is that the land has been kind of taken from the Native American inhabitants. And I really love this line. Um, and that actor is a very, a very famous actor, um, Gary Green. Gary Green, who is a First Nations Oneida actor. But that's such a pivotal scene when that actor, um, Gary Green, who, uh, side note, was Kevin Costner's co-star in Dances with Wolves, another really, really awesome movie. Um, And he played a Sioux uh, Indian chief. Um, But Gary Green tells, you know, Kevin Costner's character. I'm not Kevin Costner. Gary Green tells James Dutton, the original James Dutton, the original Dutton, that uh, there is some really awesome property for him to go and obtain for him and his family and where his daughter could be buried. However, in seven generations... My people will take it back. Um, That's prophetic and also very interesting when you say to yourself, what are the seven generations? And is this prophecy or is this shit talking? So let's take a look because, of course, When he said that, this immediate thing popped in my head and I went to Men's Health and I said, let me look 
at the Dutton family tree because I have a strange and funny feeling where that seven generations exists, right? So let's count them. You've got James Dutton at the top, at the top of that family tree. You've got James Dutton. And then the little boy to grow up to be a man, John Dutton. And if you remember from flashbacks, it was John and Spencer were the two sons. Um, John was also the little boy in 1883. That's generation two. Generation three is Jack Dutton. Jack Dutton fell in love with Elizabeth, got shot. That's 1923. Then if you remember from the flashbacks of Yellowstone, John Dutton, the second was Jack Dutton and Elizabeth's son. That's the fourth generation. The fifth generation is Kevin Costner's character, John Dutton, the third. Number six would be Casey, Lee, Beth. They're the sixth generation. Technically, if you want to count Jamie, even though, spoiler alert, Jamie's not actually a Dutton. And the seventh generation is Tate Dutton right here. Wow. Tate Dutton is a seventh generation. And there's a couple of incredible things here. Gary Green's character told him that my people will take that land back. So that land originally belonged to his people. Casey Dutton had a child with Monica. That child is Tate. That's his wife. The show doesn't really allude to it in the beginning, to my understanding. Um, I also don't know. Um, uh, I, I know a little bit about Native Americans, but I don't know enough to um, understand, you know, whenever they say the beginning Chairman Rainwater and what the tribe, the tribal council, maybe like that would like spark something in certain people. For me, it did. I don't know. But I'm pretty certain that they are Crow. Monica is a member of the Crow Nation, which would mean Tate is a member of the Crow Nation, which means, and some people are like, oh, that means that Tate's going to have to fight and he's going to end up losing the land to the Native American, the Crow, and we'll go back to those people like Gary Green prophesied. However, I would say, you remember what James Dutton said. Seven generations, you can have it. Hmm. This thing's going to come full circle. This is prophecy. I think Tate Dutton inheriting the land fulfills a prophecy because he is a member of the Crow Nation. And I think there's a possibility because think about it. Think about what the Duttons have had to go through to keep the land. Now, we haven't seen all of 1923. There's another there's another season. Yellowstone isn't complete. And obviously between 1883 and 2024 or whenever, there's been a, all kinds of different conflicts to get this land. Think about all the things that they've had to go through to keep this land. Think about all the things Tate has had to go through because of the land. Tate got kidnapped. Got his head shaved by these crazy militia, you know, neo-Nazi people. 
Tate had to kill a guy who was trying to, they were invading the Yellowstone Ranch and they were killing every, they were trying to kill people and he had to kill somebody himself. This kid is mentally just PTSD out the Indian. He's going, he's going through. He has really uh, experienced um, everything that the other Duttons have experienced in keeping the land. Look at Casey, Casey all the things he's gone through with being in the military, but also fighting for the land. John Dutton obviously, obviously is like total, totally dis desensitized. The people that they've taken to the, uh, the train station, there's just so much that's gone on. I think Tate, recognizing that his heritage is tied to the original inhabitants of the land, I think when he becomes an adult, he would then turn over the land. Casey Dutton and Chief Rainwater have started to develop a little bit of a relationship. Obviously, Rainwater and John Dutton are kind of enemies, but they're kind of like frenemies. They're trying to push Rainwater out. But it seems to me that he's developed a level of respect from Casey. Monica is working with the nation to, you know, enhance, uh, to protect uh, Native women and things that happened to them. I think... Tate Dutton is going to grow up and say, I, as a member of the Crow Nation, own how many thousand acres is the Yellowstone Ranch? It's time for this to be returned. Think about it. There are bodies, or at least one that we've seen, of members of that tribe buried on Yellowstone Ranch. The Duttons have had a pretty amicable relationship at, at, at least what we've seen in the show with the crow remember in 1923 they gave them a bunch of sheep um the one of the crow chiefs wanted to he wanted his dad to be buried there J james that didn't stop him from doing it he also didn't stop him from burying him where he wanted to where james would not know um i think they're comfortable as a family, at least by the time Tate is in charge, will be comfortable with relinquishing that land. And not just because it's the right thing to do, not just because Tate Dutton is a member of the Crow Nation himself, but I tell you why. It's because it's probably gonna be the only thing they can do to keep the land away from all these other assholes going to be the smartest thing to do to add it make it some type of uh um i don't know i don't know i don't know how any of that stuff works um because most of the stuff that's designed for native americans in our country is designed through treaties because basically native americans have been so screwed out of their land treaties have been broken land has been subdivided to private benefactors over native american sovereignty so all these things have happened. So I don't know exactly how he would do it, but I think there is going to be a way. That's I think that would be the end of Yellowstone. That would be how Yellowstone ends, to bring full circle that prophecy. It, it, and it's also um, a very interesting uh, take on the show because it makes me think of 
kind of the history of Native, Native American land ownership versus private ownership. It's super interesting to me how they have a movie coming out called um, Killers of the Flower Moon. I might be saying it wrong. Uh, in that movie, it's about the Osage. And I apologize if I say anybody's name wrong, but it's about the Osage and how they um, discover oil on their land and um, European Americans white Americans decide to try to intermarry to as a way to obtain uh, that property, as a way to obtain that land. I think um, there are several smarter people than me that have given um, different examples of how this has happened, but intermarriage with Native Americans in order to obtain property is, is, uh, is definitely something that historically happened. Um, it was basically a strategy to screw folks out of their property. Um, the Osage went through it. Uh, the Choctaw, um, during the Indian Removal Act, there was many different ways of how intermarriage and how dealings with quote unquote Americans uh, disinherited uh, Native Americans out of their property. And what is so magical about this prophecy and Yellowstone is that um, through sheer coincidence, uh, love, I don't know. I don't know how they got together. Uh, it seems that that's happening in reverse for the Dutton family. Um, Case, Casey's desire to be with Monica um, would could po possibly disinherit the family legacy from the Duttons and then return it to the original owners. And yo, I think that's pretty cool, man. You know, uh, I like the Duttons. I like the show, but I also like seeing folks get their shit back. So, you know, and, and at the end, um, this prophecy and the idea of Tate playing a role in the prophecy, it raises a lot of questions about reconciliation, about unity, uh, the potential for healing long-standing wounds. Um, it parallels the type of um, disinheriting that happened between Europeans and Native Americans in reverse. It is exciting to kind of dive into the complexities of what is essentially a land dispute. It really opens up a door to exploring themes of forgiveness, understanding, again, reconciliation, but also a pathway to restoration of property that is really antithetical to how that property was taken in the first place. So uh, it'll be interesting. It's just my theory. I think Tate, I mean, obviously the fact is he is the seventh generation and um, I think it'll be a really cool way to close out that series. Here's the other thing. If Tate Dutton marries somebody from the reservation who is full crow, then, then, he, then that next generation will be less Dutton and more 
of the original inhabitants. So I'm super excited. I love the show. I'm excited for a new season. I, I hope there's some way that they can work Kevin Costner back in there. I, I guess it's like kind of an impossible thing. Um, and I really enjoyed um, 1883. What a really, really awesome series of pioneers. I love seeing how things got the way that they got. Um, that's always a big thing for me. And then um, 1923 also. Great series. I'm excited to see another season of that. Um, the representation. Oh, shit. Here's another thing. The woman, the Crow woman in 1923, her father, last name was Rainwater. So, and that's the name of the chief in Yellowstone. So I'm super interested to see how that comes together. Like, he's related to the original, you know, badass from 1923. So I, I'm i like, that like, I'm like, okay, how did he come? And then his mom, or I guess that would be like his great-grandmother. Uh, what a badass she was. Knocking off nuns and, oh man, you know, no, no disrespect to nuns, but those nuns, you know, they, 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 got, they got what they needed. And, um, you know, it's a couple of those little priest guys. They got a little bit of medicine, too. Super excited to see how that connection comes about. Um, and how, how amazing is it that, again, what, what the Lady Rainwater, what they went through in that school and the heartache and the, and the, and the issues that they had to deal with. And then only to you know, have to basically leave and hide out in Comanche country for somehow uh, generations later to be reinvested into the land that their ancestors lost. Uh, it brings it full circle. And I, I'm going to finish with this. Um, I watched a, a special, a new special, and it was about... Um, uh, I can't remember which one it was. I don't think it was Finding Your Roots. But it was one of those where um, they took a guy whose great, great, great ancestor uh, was a slave. And he, his last name, let's say his last name was like Johnson, right? And then he went to the plantation where his ancestor, uh, X amount of generations removed, was enslaved. And the person that owned that plantation white guy, last name Johnson. And the two men, um, you know, they had a long conversation. They talked about reparations um, and how they felt about it. They talked about, you know, he got a lot of the history of the plantation and uh, he took him, the white Johnson took the black Johnson into the slave quarters. And, you know, it, it still existed. So the building still exists, the, the slave quarters and everything still exists. I'm sure people tour there and probably have weddings and shit, but he goes there and he walks into the slave quarters and he, he looks around and, um, you know, the, the black Johnson, you know, he starts to get kind of emotional. It's like, man, this is crazy. And the white Johnson's like, I'm sorry. And he goes, no, that's not why he's getting emotional because he said somebody was in this room, right? Uh, going through whatever they were going through and they were praying for a better day. They were praying for like, you know, to get out of bondage, to live a better life. And 
the black Johnson was like, a, I think he was like a lawyer or something. Like he was, you know, he had money, he was doing good. And he goes, that person at the time, you know, didn't know that I, I was that better day. So that they're praying for a day they would never see. But it's here. Like I'm walking back in here, fulfilling their prayers. And I guess that's why I'm so enchanted by the Yellowstone 1883 uh, circle of a prophecy because the fulfillment of what that uh, Gary Green's character said. I hope that man's name's Gary Green. I have to keep calling him Gary Green. I mean, they probably didn't even know Gary Green. Hold on a second. Graham Green, my bad. And his character was Spotted Eagle. That prophecy that Spotted Eagle was saying uh, it wouldn't be fulfilled until that seventh generation and when he said it 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 may not have been fulfilled in the way that he was thinking Um, I don't know what he was thinking but like if he was thinking that it was going to be taken away or if it was going to be uh, uh, voted away or the United States system was going to say, no, we're going to give this land back to the crow. It wasn't fulfilled the way he said. It was fulfilled in tape day. The same way James Dutton said, in seven years, you can have, in seven generations, you can have it back. Yeah, you can have it back. But now we're a part of it. The land is central to the story of Yellowstone. And the Duttons have now become a part of that land. And the crow were already a part of that land. As... Rainwater's character was telling that nun when she was uh, giving her the business. She said, this is the land that's getting me. This is the land that's killing me. Well, the Crow were part of that land. The Duttons became a part of that land through all of the hardships, heartaches, and pains that they went through to keep it. And now they're official with Tate Dutton being double a part of that land because he's experienced the heartaches. He's experienced the pain. He has the legacy and the history of the Dutton family of pain keeping that land and he has the legacy of the crow who were the original inhabitants of that land. And he brings it back full circle. So the shit's magical to me, but I'm also drinking bourbon. So I'm just be talking about some all kind of crazy stuff. You know, ain't no telling what, what's going on in my head these days. But keep watching Adventures in Beer Selling. I took a holiday break. We're back. Keep listening. Keep enjoying. Keep drinking. Cheers.